Good morning, everybody. We need to pray for snow. See all these empty seats? When it snows, it's all full. Let's pray for snow. Everyone's like, no. It's wusses. And uh, Linda Lou, welcome back. Good to see you coming up from my old stomping ground of Queens. Nice place to be from, right? Good, glad you're here. We've been in the book of Hebrews together, so if you are visiting, whoever dragged you here, ask them to explain what's been going on here. How's that? And uh, if you would, you can uh, take your Bible, but I'm going to actually ask you to stand with me, if you can. If, you, if you've had hip surgery or knee surgery, I know we have people like Bev who just got back from that. Um, you don't have to stand up. But um, there's something cool about it in the scripture, you know, when, when Ezra opened the law, all the people stood up because they recognized God was about to speak to them. And we've been on the same passage, so I'd invite you to stand. And um, since you got warmed up, Steve, you made my day. Hey, bro. Um, since we got warmed up with a responsive reading, for those of you who don't know what's wrong, I have ADD. That's, uh, I get distracted, and so I see somebody I've been missing, and I'm so glad to see him. Um, we have learned how to responsive read. We almost did it perfectly this morning, right? And uh, we're not going to responsive. Let's read it together. This is the passage we've been on. I think we have those verses, yes. Concerning him, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. The word of the Lord. Amen. Before you sit, let's pray together. My brother um, encouraged us that we have been praying for quite a while this morning as we've been praising you and thanking you. And we acknowledge, God, uh, again, our dependence upon you. And I'm certainly feeling that today. Just uh, the very breath that we breathe, the, the, the life strength that we have is a gift from you. And we ask, God, that you would strengthen your people, not only physically, but in the inner man and the inner woman. That we might become, as I heard a brother preach a long time ago, mighty in spirit. That those who know their God will do exploits in the latter times, in spite of the opposition. And so, God, would you make people like that out of us, if possible, which it is, because you're God and we're your creation. And we're your recreation if we have trusted in our Savior, Jesus. So today, God, would you guide us and instruct your children? Uh, give each one who is hungry something they can devour, something that can get down in their system and be useful. We pray for help today. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, and all of God's people said, 
Amen and amen. You may be seated. So just so there's no wondering, what's he talking about? I've been struggling with a little bit of my exhaustion vertigo for about a week now. And uh, you're all running around sideways right now. You don't know it, but that's what I see. No, I'm, it's not that bad. It gets that bad, though. So I'm going to show you a few pictures. I don't want you to laugh too hard. Okay. Last week, we talked about getting off the couch, remember? And if you were here last week, do you know what the name of today's sermon should be? Okay, I lost. All right, let's all, uh, let's close in prayer. (laughs) Building up spiritual muscles, remember? And I, I used the illustration of running the 5K. The first time I ever ran a race was when I came to Harmony and the school did the race on the Harvest Festival Day, okay? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now listen, I am half African-American. You've got to talk to me when I preach. I don't know you're here, so say something, all right? Like amen or shut up, something. <laughs> something. Thank you. So I did it right. You know, there's an advantage in getting older. Do I hear an amen from all you gray-haired brothers and sisters, right? <laughs> My sister over here with the foxy blue hair, she's going, yeah, baby. Yeah, and that is you learn. You learn. I'm not going to do it the hard way again, right? So they take those training steps, couch to 5K, and you get off the couch and you start with little baby steps, which reminds me of a great movie, but I won't go there right now. But when I did, see the young guy in the front with the sunglasses? Guess who that is? That's me! Yeah, you can't tell, can you? I was handsome then. Anyway, that's one of my clusters. We, we used to take a, a group with Youth for Christ on a bike trip. Sometimes we'd go from Canada down back into upstate New York, or we'd go across three states over to um, about 100 and some odd miles we would run with about somewhere between 75 and 120 or 30 kids on bikes. I would never do it today, especially not in Orange County. But we used to do that, and we would get in groups because we'd watch each other's back. You have a lead, and you have a behind. Those of you who do cycling, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, that was one of my passions back then, cycling. I got really serious. But before I got really serious, I got, oh, recruited to be the, um, the drill sergeant on all of these trips. I mean, I had the job of getting everybody up early in the morning, singing Uh, Good morning, bright sunshine, good morning to you at 5.30 in the morning, and the kids really didn't like that. And blowing the whistle, which they eventually destroyed because they hated hearing it. Oh, yeah, I I have great memories. But here's the bad part. I would get ready for the bike trip by pulling out an old off-the-rack bicycle, not even a worthwhile 10-speed. Eventually, I graduated to a 15, lightweight, did a really good job. But back then, I would take that junker and ride one time before the day of the trip. And uh, if you haven't noticed, in upstate New York, there are hills. Needless to say, I suffered a lot on that first trip, the first three days. By about the fourth or fifth day, I was doing pretty good, even on the beater. But when I got a real bike, man, that's when it became fun. But the point is, um, I didn't train very hard. 
And when you're going uphill, some bike cyclists have an expression that we say to each other, remember? Feel the burn. And I have three pictures here. This is one of them. I was going down memory lane last night. I, I really let my ADD get away from me trying to find some pictures. My wife found them in the bottom of a barrel in the basement. And on the side of our hippie van that we use for support, it says, feel the burn. Because when you're training, the pressure of pushing against something, it builds muscle, but it takes effort. Right? And sometimes the effort really gets to you. So I'm going to show you another picture, one of my weaker moments here. Look at that. <laughs> this was on the bike trip. Look, look at it. I can see people aghast right now. Aghast. It's a candy cigarette, you judgmental Christians. I'm hanging out with some of my friends from the, uh, the bike trip here, and we were, at that time, I think a famous song from Weird Al came out, We're Young, Dumb, and Ugly. And we were, there was like a biker dude, you know, rough, we're tough, bad guy song, and we'd sing that riding down the street, all the people watching us go by, who are these crazy people? But anyway, that's a classic picture of one of my more lapsing moments in my Christianity. So uh, we're just fooling around. We had a lot of fun with that. A lot of fun. The whole point is, when you're going to build spiritual muscle, it's just like physically, you feel the burn. There's going to be pressure as you push against something or lift or strain or whatever it might happen to be. Last week, we talked about the passage we were reading. This is the last time I'll be on it. We are going to move on. Now you can see why it takes me so long to preach through a book because we've been on this for almost three weeks, but the whole point was that the author of Hebrews is saying to brothers and sisters who knew the Lord and had had some growth in their life, they were not babies, really. They weren't. He was saying, come on now, you're acting like babies. Step up to the plate. Grow up. Stop sliding backwards. I remember when my father-in-law... Uh, used to eat something spicy and, and sweat would break out on his nose. And he'd look at me and say, you going to try some, John? Come on, be a man. You know, a little twinkle in his eye, you know, be a man, as if that makes you a man. But, you know, he's like, I dare you. Try this. Step up to the plate. Feel the burn. Whatever it might be. And that's what the author is telling these people. Don't be babies. Press on to adulthood. Build up some muscles. Anybody remember that great spiritual movie, uh, Indiana Jones, with uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark? And at the beginning, he runs and gets in the plane to get away from the Avitos. You don't get out much, do you guys? Anyway, anyway, and he gets in the plane, and there's a snake in the plane, and he's terrified of snakes. Nobody around here has any of that stuff, do they? And... Uh, and he's like, Jock, there's a snake in the plane. Oh, that's just my pet snake, Reggie. I hate snakes, Jock. I hate them. Ah, show a little backbone, will you? That's what the author of Hebrews is saying. <laughs> show a little backbone. 
because you have reason to. You already had it in your head earlier. And later on in the book of Hebrews, he's going to use all these illustrations of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, people who were persecuted or martyred for the faith. He's using them as examples, speaking to these folks not to get discouraged. Ultimately, resistance is a blessing in disguise. All of those people, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, all the people that are accounted for, David, were weak men. Remember my quote from last week? Weak men who believed God was with them. That means there's hope for all of us. Oh, there, that's the answer I want to hear. Amen. There's hope for all of us. Look at what the author of Hebrews says to these folks. He says, you have not, and later on you're going to see it, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. How about you? No. Later you're going to see what they have paid for resisting. They have paid a price. It's not like they haven't had a cost involved. They have. But for now, it says this, and here's the secret to my title. My title is Blessed Antagonism. Anybody have antagonistic relatives? I don't really feel blessed by that very often, do you? Although, why has God given you that person? Three guesses and the first two don't count. Yeah, strengthen your patience, which we all hate having, right? I've learned an awful lot having antagonistic relatives, which I have a lot, and I am one, I think. My wife's been purifying me, right, dear? She tries. That's what she said. I try. It's like, boy, the jury's out. You have not resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. Resisted? Oh, oh, no, don't go there yet. That's too, yeah, just leave it right there. Let me give you my translation. You haven't been physically hurt yet while pushing against the world's opposition to your master. It's opposition to our master. Or while struggling and standing against sin. So just us, normal peeps, are able to get off the couch and build spiritual muscle is my encouragement. And here's an interesting thing. The word resistant, to resist means to put an army wall, a wall of army men against another wall of army men. Getting ready to engage battle. And here's the better word. In your striving against sin, the word striving is antagonism antagonism, to stand against, to contest, to be in a fight, argumentative, to be up against it, all right? And so when you're up against it, yes, you want to fight with me already? Well, I'm not yet. Okay. I heard you talk. Does that mean more towards resisting against sin in your own life? Ah. Standing up against sin in the world? Yeah, both. Great question. And that's where we're going. Glad you asked. Okay, so you haven't physically been hurt yet in this process. And we all press on because we have an ultimate example. And I'm just going to say this is critical mass. This is key. If you don't get this in your DNA, you're going to stumble aside. You really are. 
and that's where I'm going to ask my wife to read something in just a minute. Let's see that next verse now, Ryan. Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. Anybody else in the room ever had to make Jesus your model? Amen. Oh, that's sad. Okay. Got, got two amens. All right. That's the point. He is my model. I have to look at him periodically. Don't you have to occasionally? Come on, Hocko. What are you whining about? Look what Jesus went through compared to what you're going through. Sheesh. You know what I mean? Shape up. Be a man. Grow up. How many times his model has spoken to me and kept me on task? So this morning, my wife keeps her entire, our whole life is in her diary. Her diary is my utmost for his highest by Chambers, right? So today, she's in a section reading. She said, I got to read this to you. And I go, I got to have you read that to the church. See, now they're not listening to me, but they're going to listen to you because the most reverend mother is going to speak right now. <laughs> some, some saints in this room have titled her the most holy reverend mother, so it wasn't my fault. Can't hear you yet. Put it up. It's up. Put it up. The mainspring there of Paul's service is not love for men, but love for Jesus Christ. If we are devoted to the cause of humanity, we shall soon be crushed and brokenhearted, for we shall often meet with more ingratitude from men than we would from a dog. Whoa. Isn't there a little more to that? But if our motive is love to God, no ingratitude can hinder us from serving our fellow men. Because our, our, our eyes are fascinating. Read that one that ends with dog again. I like that. <laughs> I like right. that. Boy, that guy. He, he, he. If we are devoted to the cause of humanity, we shall soon be crushed and brokenhearted. For we shall often meet with more ingratitude from men than we would from a dog. Whoa. Sadly, tragic, and even in the church. Oh, yes, I used to serve in the church, but something happened. There's always going to be something that happens. Be a man or a woman. Okay? Step up to the plate. Get your eyes on Jesus. Your brothers and sisters, even my favorites in this room, on occasion are going to let me down. Build up your spiritual muscles. Do reps. I want to give you some practical stuff. The scripture is telling us in the portion that has led us to all of this. Come on, by now you should be teachers. You should be eating delicious steak instead of pablum and drinking milk. Right? You should be dining on the deep stuff of scripture. You should be maturing. You should have insight to discern between what is right and wrong. Isn't that all in there? It was there, right? I'm not making this up. Okay. Build up your spiritual muscles. So we're going to look at some things. And what we're going to do is, um, if you have your bulletin and you're a note taker, I'm going to give you all the fill-ins, okay? Because I know by the time I'm done preaching, I'll run out of time. Even though this is only half a sermon from last week, they always grow in the week in between. 
So, build up spiritual muscles. Some of you have already guessed what the felons are. No? Yeah? Push against antagonism. To push against, right? Push against. Against. Anti. Against. Push against the world. Now you know what the rest are. The flesh and the doofuses. No. The devil. Whenever we go driving, my wife prays and says, Lord, protect us from all the what? Oh, D's, all the D's, distracted, the dummies, the dangerous, the whatever, all of those drivers that want to kill you, right? Lord, protect us from the deer, all of that. So, this is like World Federation Wrestling. This is WFD, the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's the World Federation of Disciples right here. They're pushing against the world, the flesh, and the... Now, that's basic pablum, really, but let's unpack how we build muscle off this, okay? I want to give you some practical stuff, and I will take questions, all right? Just not yet. Okay. Push against the world. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. Remember the former days. Remember, these are not toddlers in Christ. These are people who did pay some price. Remember the former days after being enlightened, when the lights came on and you knew what it meant for Jesus to pay for your sins and you accepted him as your savior. I hope everyone in this room understands what I just said. And if not, we'll be here at the end of the service and glad to help you know what that means. Because that's why we're here. Because Jesus is still looking for people to trust what he has provided for us. In those days, a great conflict of sufferings you endured, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property. Get this. They weren't put in jail for breaking the law. They were visiting their brothers and sisters who were being persecuted because of the gospel. And when you do that, even today in certain cultures, you pay for it. Maybe physically, but definitely being taken advantage of and losing what you have or what, whatever it is. Think of the people who tried to smuggle Bibles into what was once the Iron Curtain countries, right? And still are in some places. China, it's happening today. The seizure of your property. Next one. Knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. By the way, I remember we used to sing a song when I was a brand new Christian. It was real corny. Remember those songs we used to sing? They were kind of corny. But in, it had a refrain. Cast not, it's King James language, cast not away your confidence, saith the Lord your God. I believe the answer is on the way. I believe the Lord has heard me pray. That was the song. Anybody remember that? No, that's a way out one, isn't it? That's way out. That's for old guys. You're too young. That can't be true. Anyway, yes. Cast not away your confidence at the Lord. Yeah, I won't quit my day job. Okay. Pushing against the world. That's what they were doing. They're going against the world system. I mean, the world system today still. It's all about what you get. So all about what you possess, all about how much status you have. That's the world system. Peeps can, do you know, I know we like to think everybody's nice, but they're not really. We have this brokenness 
inside of us. And uh, people who do not know the Lord sometimes, and I've seen this happen, they can be prompted by our adversary, invisible forces, to get on our case for no logical reason, just because the enemy can provoke that. And there's an antagonism. And sometimes it's obvious why. They see Jesus in you, or they're jealous of you. How come you have joy? How come you have a long-lasting marriage? How come you won't sin? How come you won't run riot with me? How come you think you're better than us? Blah, 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 all that stuff, right? And I have people, I've had this every place. I hate, I hate this. Can I tell you something I hate? I'm going to. Um, you know, people say, oh, yeah, do you know that guy who lives in that place? That, that's Pastor John. He's pastor of that church. Oh, shut up. Don't tell anybody. As soon as they know I'm a pastor, I get this. You know, I'm right there, and their car is there, and they go, mm-hmm. And it's not an accident. It's on purpose. No, you have not yet shed blood in your resisting or pushing back against sin or standing against or whatever it might be. But there's also another side of it, and that is where we have to push back against the appeal of the world to deceive us and suck us in. Let me uh, read something from the commentator Lane. The house church that received the book of Hebrews was not spiritually immature in the sense that these men and women lacked theological insight. Their problem was simpler but more serious. They had regressed and had become infantile in the area of making sound Christian decisions by listening to the voice of their fears. Here's the key. By listening to the voice of their fears, there was potential persecution coming. More. They've already been through that. My hat comes off to them just for that. Where would you park if it was going to cost you your brand new car or your house? Accept it joyfully? That'd be interesting. By listening to the voice of their fears, they had stopped listening to the voice of God. We did a book study back a little bit. The Emotionally, Spiritually Healthy, Dr. Phil's Version of Christian Living. Remember that? The Emotionally Healthy Church, and then what was the other title? Spiritual, yeah, emotionally healthy spirituality, right? Schizero. There, is, there are places to go through an inventory that catalog you if you are honest with yourself, which is a scary thing to do, that will help you see whether you're a thumb sucker, a toddler, a teenager, or an adult, or an older, wizened, Goober, okay? You can't... I, I went through it. Then I burned it all. No, I, I went through it. And I think I've shared with you. I saw a couple of things. I went, oh my gosh, I'm an adolescent in this. Been a Christian 40 years, over 40, 44 years in ministry. I'm an adolescent on this. Do you have the guts to do that? You want to build some spiritual muscle? Quit fooling around. Go do it. Triple dog dare you. That's a breach of etiquette. Anyway, God knows what is, you know, what's inside of us. Listen to this. I I love this. You know, the bumper, remember the bumper sticker? The guy who dies with the most toys wins. 
That's America, right? No, let me, let me, oh, no, no, we're not that idolatrous. No, the American dream has become the new Christian Mecca. Where's that written? I'm going to read a passage of scripture. I'm only going to put on the screen the part I want you to read. But it starts in 1 John this way. This is your second verse in this section. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. See the differences? Just like the book. I've written to you, fathers, you know the guy from the beginning, God. You get that. It's in your DNA. There's something about that. Young men, you're learning how to build up muscles and you've learned how to fight against the enemy because you are strong. The word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Yeah? Hello? McFly? All right, anybody? Yeah, you get what I'm saying? Overcome. When was the last time I kicked his butt? No, I'm just a weak Christian. I can't help it. I'm so... Anyway. Then this comes. Get on the right track first. Push back against the world. Do not love the world, nor the things that... He's not talking about loving people. Jesus, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Amen? He's talking about the junk in it. Good stuff, if you use it rightly. The problem is we have an incurable inclination to idolatry, all of us. Something becomes it. Love not the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, flat out, no argument, the love of the Father isn't in him. Sorry. Oh, I don't like that. That really offends me. Oh. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. Oh, lust, that's a dirty word. You know, it just means cravings, passions, passion. I have passion of my flesh. My flesh. What, think of how many things I could have passion for. The lust of the eyes, got to have everything. That's why we're living in credit purgatory today, right? Got to have it now. Where's that written? Oh, what's it? Uh, Financial Peace University, off you go. <laughs> and the boastful pride of life. I got this, baby. I got it, man. I mean, no, I better not say that, oh boy. Stuff I've, the stuff I've heard, oh my gosh. Oh, I get all that. I get all that. I'm, I'm looking at a wrecked life, and he's telling me he's got it all. I'm like, you don't get it at all. Yeah, it does. Push back against the world. Where have you fallen in that you need to say, you know what, I need to build some muscle against that. I don't need all of that. Even the non-Christians today, more of our millennial generation are becoming minimalists. You don't need all of that. How much of this could be converted to kingdom work? The flesh, that's the next one. Push back against our flesh. The flesh is, for those of you who might be new at this or not understand, the, the term the flesh, Paul uses, it can be my physical flesh, that should be obvious. 
But when it talks about warring with the flesh like it does in Galatians, that's a passage we're going to look at. I'm just going to put on the screen the relevant. And you mind if I go along with like a running commentary? Even if you did, I don't have anything else prepared, so I don't have a movie. And uh, so here we are. Galatians 5. Everybody, I think, who's been a Christian for a while has probably at least read that, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, all that stuff. Yeah, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, meekness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Why does it make a statement like that? Well, hopefully this will help. The flesh is used to refer to our sinful inclination, the broken part of us. Since we became sinners in the fall, we have this inclination to push back against God's dominance in our life, period. That's our flesh. That can be defeated. So here's what it says in um, Galatians. I'm going to start with the first two portions. I say, Paul says, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. What is the concern? What were the Hebrews concerned about? What are most Christians going to churches concerned about? What were the Pharisees of Jesus' day concerned about? I don't want to step out of line. I want to make sure I'm pleasing God. Isn't that the question? So I can have 8,000 rules, I can have the Torah, and I can have the commentary on the Torah, and I can have the commentary on the commentary on the Torah. So I think of every possible place I could step on a landmine, and I avoid it, and I'm a goody two-shoes, and God loves me because of that. Or I can rely on the Holy Spirit. Uh-oh, oh my, are you kidding me? I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Let me tell you what's in between. Next section. The flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. These are in opposition to one another. There's antagonism. If you push back, you'll build up some muscle. For these are in opposition so that you may not do the things that you please. What are the things that you please? Pleasing God. I want to please God, but I'm held back because of my flesh. My flesh is ruling. Am I making sense so far? <clears throat> so then he makes this statement. But instead of living like that, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What? Why? Shouldn't it say if you're led by the Spirit, you're not going to sin? Yes, same thing. That's his point. He's talking to people in Galatia who are getting sucked back into legalism, and he's saying, stop this. You're trying to make a bunch of rules. You can't touch that. You can't eat that. You shouldn't wear that. Shouldn't have this. Shouldn't have... Oh, I wanted to get off on tattoos today so bad, but I'm not going to. No, I'm going to restrain myself. Thank you. <laughs> and all the tattoo people said, yay, amen. <laughs> Because you... <laughs> I'm going to just be real simple. It can be, you can judge it as a Pharisee, even though it's an Old Testament reference that has to do with worshiping false gods. So there's freedom. But the other side of it is, how many times can we honestly say, I did this because the Holy Spirit told me to do it? So you see, that's why we're told so many times, stop judging. 
because we get it wrong so many times. Am I making sense? Boy, we're so full of this stuff. Marinated in it. Walk by the Spirit, you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. But if you are led by the Spirit, then you're not under law. You don't, the Spirit will lead you. Don't misunderstand that. That doesn't mean you can blow off the Scripture. That there's commandments. Oh, I don't have to follow that. No, if it says it, God's helping you out where it says it. You don't have to hear that. I didn't hear anything from this. Yes, you did. It's right there. Okay, then he goes on. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident. This is the primer part. This is where we get a little training. The deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, and satisfaction. Yeah. Drunkenness, carousing, partying, wild orgies, junkum. Things like these. Now, why is that there? You say, boy, thank God I've never done any of that. Those are really ugly words. Well, immorality is anything outside of the marriage bond. Impurity is varied. Sensuality is anything where your bodily appetites are ruling you rather than you ruling your body. Ooh, ouch. Idolatry? No one in the room has struggled ever with idolatry. God bless you all. Pray for me. Sorcery. Pharmakeia. You've heard me say this before. Oh, you, you know, you cannot rely on whether... Remember when you used to be able to say, well, it's illegal. Then you knew you're being naughty if you're doing it. You can't say that anymore. Those days are going away, but the Bible says pharmakeia, that's sorcery. Going into that world that opens our mind to things that come from the dark side, I'm telling you, that's what the Bible says. You can laugh me off if you want. <coughs> You will be in error. And now we have Ashley Madison. Remember that? Dialoguing. That was one of my titles one day. Dialoguing with Ashley Madison. Ashley Madison is a website that basically says, life is short, have an affair. There was a day you could get arrested for that. That's all gone. You can't depend on our laws. They are off the grid. You need to hear from the Spirit. And the scripture gives us an example. You take this list and find out which of these things apply to me. Outbursts of anger. I own that one. I used to have that bad. So I had to start learning how to push back on that. I had to build some spiritual muscle. And the reason the scripture, why are people laughing and husbands and wives looking at each other all of a sudden? It's like, you have to say, okay, here's what the scripture says. The deed of the flesh is outbursts of anger. The fruit of the spirit is self-control. Last time you blew it, did you stop and say, wake up? You, sorry, that wasn't good. I could have had a V8. I wake up and I go, what? That's sin. I reject that and I embrace this. Oh, that sounds so infantile. Try it. You like it. Remember that ad? <laughs> Try it. Well, but what is it? Try it. You'll like it. I tried it. I thought I was going to die. Anyway, that was a great ad. Alka-Seltzer. Anyway, so there you go. You have the, and then the next section says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. It's the comparison. That's wrong. This is right. 
There's a whole realm of counseling that came out of the Presbyterian Church called the uh, Newthetics, and it simply means, Newthetics means admonition. Uh, let me get the right word here. I'm trying to remember exactly, but it's basically admonishing. That's naughty. Don't do that. Do this, like we do with kids. That's what it means. And so we recognize because of our ability in Christ, we're made in the image of God, then we're remade in the Son's image, and we have the Holy Spirit, that if we do what this passage begins with, yield to the Holy Spirit, I can have victory and say no to the naughty and yes to the good. Isn't that profound? Aren't you glad you came today? Now here's the ticket. Here's how it works. I remember a long time ago I gave this sermon illustration. I know you don't remember a lot of what I said because I did ramble a lot. But the car ramp, you're driving along on the highway, you're enjoying a beautiful day like this. The scenery's gorgeous. All of a sudden, here's a car ramp, a ramp going down into a section of town. You take that ramp. You, didn't, you weren't paying much attention. Next thing you know, you're in like the worst part of town. There's all this stuff you don't want your kids to see. What do you do? Now, don't do this physically. But in the spiritual realm, you can slam your car into reverse and back up the ramp. Don't do that in the real world. Don't go out of here and have a disaster and say, Pastor Hunter told me to do this. <laughs> but in the spirit, I can put it in reverse and back up and say, where did I, where did I how did I get down here? I need to think, oh, I remember just before I turned, I saw that billboard and it made my mind go where it shouldn't go. And there I went. So you go back to that and say, Jesus, that's where I got off track. I put that under the blood of Jesus. Forgive me. Oh, it can't be that simple. Yeah, it can, but there is one you got to pay a ticket first. You want to see that part? Anybody want to see that? Thank God. I was worried. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have what? Ooh. Ooh. With its passions and desires. Ooh, that's ugly. Ooh, crucifixion's ugly. Ooh. There's a part of my spirit, and, and I'll come into this room on a Sunday morning, and sometimes I'm in my office. I've got to get down and say, I'm choosing to be dead, dead to the flesh, dead to sin, and alive to you. I'm choosing it. It is a choice. Jesus' crucifixion was a choice for you. You have to make a choice for him. This is where victorious Christian living comes from. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have put it to death and have chosen, chosen to be dead to the world, dead to the flesh, push against the devil, lean against it, and open to the spirit and open to God. I'm going to use this, this next section, all little, anybody what, under, what, what is mature audience? What's the cutoff for mature audience? Anybody know? Movies. 75 is a mature... How did you get on staff? I go, 
Anybody know what's mature? So anybody under the mature rank, you know, when you go to the movie, this is a mature audience, so anybody with under mature has to plug their ears right now, okay? 17, all people under 17, I want to see you like this. No, it's not that bad. I'm going to, it's scripture, I'm going to show you some scripture, but I'm getting a little personal here, okay? I'm going to get personal, this is a rated M. Proverbs. Remember I said it's not illegal, now we have Ashley Madison beckoning us to make our lives full by going outside our marriage bond. Drink water from your own cistern, fresh water from your own well. He ain't talking about the Pine Bush Water District. Uh, should your springs be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be yours alone and not for strangers with you. You get the imagery here? Let not strangers be with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth and those of you who are interested, you can go read further because it gets even more graphic. That's what I love about scripture. It's so real. We're the ones that we, we miss out. What God, he, he's just real. What is it saying? Drink from your own cistern. Now, let me explain how this works. This, this became a verse God gave me years ago, and I've applied it. Because maybe you've noticed, and this applies to men and women, that uh, you may have a great vehicle or a great house or a beautiful wife or a handsome husband or whatever it might be, but there's always someone whose septic field has greener grass on it. That always happens. I don't know if I can say that again. The grass is always greener over the neighbor's septic tank, right? So we think, oh, man, if I only had that. You know that's a lie. First of all, it's a deception. We get taught that in karate. I was going to use some karate illustrations, but I never got to it. I'll have to do a whole karate sermon sometime. And nobody will show up. But anyway, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Gene, my one fan. Okay, so, yeah, where was I? <laughs> I'm over the septic tank, that's right. Oh, yes, in karate. They said, you know, the, the, you, you never show off. Black belts never brag about being a black belt or what rank they are or whatever. The reason is there's always going to be somebody who can pound you into the pavement. And then where's your big shot black belt? <laughs> it's the same thing in this regard. So God tells you, yes, you're going to see it. Men are visually stimulated. There's no question. It's going to happen. Ladies, you've got to face that reality. Same thing, men, that women are going to see some other tender-hearted, loving father with his children go, oh, whatever. But you have to choose to drink from your own cistern, which means mentally, physically, spiritually. I, I deliberately say, wow. God sure knew what he was doing when he made us male and female, didn't he? Most, I mean, I know we're wrecked today. I know we're wrecked in our culture. We're wrecked. And we don't appreciate what God made. But he knew what he was doing. But he has given me a wonderful bride, spouse, whatever. And I choose to drink mentally, mentally, emotionally, physically, only from her. And you have to do the same thing. Whatever the application is, that's how you push back 
against your flesh. You don't just lay there. See, this is what we do. We go, oh my God, something else. Wow. I just, oh, my legs just went to water. I can't believe it. I couldn't. Oh, I can't do anything about it. I can't help myself. <laughs> do you remember when uh, Clinton, I never had sex with that woman. You remember that? And one of the, one of the other Republicans, I'm just telling you straight up, friends. If you can't talk about it in church, forget it. Who's going to teach the people the truth today? So when that happened, one of the, one of the senators, I think it was, I can't remember who it was, you, you remember, said, if I ever did that, my wife would be standing over me with a smoking shotgun saying, how do I reload this thing? And my wife and I said, we promise that's the way it'll be for us. One or you, one of us will be, how do I reload that? Anyway. Kidding. I can just see it now, but that's how seriously we take it. I'd rather die. I'd rather die than me cheat on her or her cheat on me. I'd rather die. Do you realize that that is a picture of the relationship Christ wants to have with his church? It says it in the Bible, but we don't care about that. But that's what it says. Okay, I'm going to stop. Listen to me. Charles Stanley, remember him? I'm telling you, there's a divine principle. Listen to me. I want you to understand, the Bible says, whatever a man sows, he shall reap. You can't go out and sow your wild oats and then pray for crop failure. Last one, push against the devil. Here's a verse. In order that no advantage be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Yes, we are. Anybody know what the verse is right in front of that? You ready? Here it is. Whom you forgive anything, I also for forgive. For indeed... What I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Do you realize what he just said? Refusing to forgive is an open door for Satan to take you captive and make a mess out of your life. Just one sin subject, bitterness. And none of us have any drama with that, do we? Here, Satan, come walk all over me so I can whine for the rest of my life how defeated I am and miserable and blah, blah, blah. And how I hate everybody. And I hate Christians and I hate this and I hate that. I hate God. That was my daughter one time when we told her she had to do something she didn't like. I hate you and I hate this and I hate that. And then she tried to give us the real blast, you know. I hate God. Like we would fold at that point. You know, oh, oh, in that case, you can have what you want. No. God did not fall off his throne just because you hate God right now. You don't. Besides, you'll get over it. And she has. Scripture says this in a lot of places, right? Here we go. In order that no advantage be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Next one, Ryan. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. You all know that. What is the next word? But resist. 
antagonism, firm in your faith. Blessed antagonism. Push back. Don't lay down and play dead and let them walk all over you. And in this case, it's very appropriate knowing the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. They're up against it too. Push back against them. And for them, a lot of the temptation was to deny their faith. There's so much I could talk about here. I don't know that I want to because it may take up too much time. But let me give an example of um, pushing back. Um, the warfare prayer that we gave uh, way back when we started prayer meeting talks about something like this. I just want to give an illustration of pushing on both the flesh and the enemy. One paragraph, uh, Victor Ernest, I think, was the name, uh, Dr. Somebody. We, we use this. You can get a copy if you need it. Text the office or write the office. We'll get it. Listen to this kind of prayer. How about praying like this? This would build up spiritual muscles. Lord, by faith and independence upon you, I put off the old man and I stand into all the victory of the crucifixion where the Lord Jesus Christ provided cleansing from the old nature. I put on the new man and I stand into the victory of the resurrection and his provision there for me. He's made for me to live above sin. Therefore, today, I put off the old nature with its selfishness. I put on the new nature with its love. I put a, are you selfish? There's a prayer for you. When I would counsel people and they have an area to struggle in, fill in your struggle area and pray this prayer for two or three weeks in a row and see if it doesn't start to change something. I remember praying warfare prayers over my dreams because my past was not clean. And God even purified my dream life. It was amazing. Is God able or not? Is he real or not? Unbelief is our besetting sin, brothers and sisters. Therefore, in this day, I put off the old nature with selfishness. I put on the new nature with its love. I put off the old nature with its fear. I put on the new nature with its courage. I put off the old nature with its weakness. I put on the new nature with its strength. I put off today the old nature with all its deceitful lusts. And I put on the new nature with all its righteousness and purity. There's a great word. I do in every way stand into the victory of the ascension and glorification of the Son of God where all principalities and powers were made subject to him. And I claim my place in Christ victorious with him over all the enemies of my soul. Blessed Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill me, come into my life, break down every idol and cast out every foe. Now there's praying. And it's only a catechism. That's all it is. It's a training tool. You don't have to be locked into it forever. It's a tool. Gives us authority against our adversary. You do realize the enemy is constantly accusing you. And we're letting him beat the daylights out of us because we don't discern between what is from God and not. The Satara brothers who did a revival ministry, I stole their stuff with permission. Helping us discern conviction. What is the Holy Spirit telling us versus what the, the devil tells us? The Holy Spirit gives us a sense of his holiness. The devil tells us we're worthless. That's a lie. That's a lie. You're not worthless. Did you hear me? Everyone in this room is valued greatly by the blood of Jesus. Can't get any more value. 
The Holy Spirit deals with one thing at a time. Satan throws the book at you. You ever struggle, well, I feel guilty about this, 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 this. It's not, that's not the Holy Spirit. Stand up to him. Tell him to shut up. The Holy Spirit is clear in clarity. Satan deals in confusion, general, generalities. The Holy Spirit corrects us. Satan accuses us. The Holy Spirit convicts us. Satan condemns us. Are you getting it? The Holy Spirit encourages us to obey. I can break, weep, and know I'm sinning. I, I just repented, and I'm full of not only tears, but I'm full of joy at the same time because I know the Spirit's leading me out of that junk. Satan discourages us to despair. I'll close with this. Three areas. You've got to build up muscle. You've got to push against the world. All that. Oh, you need to have this. No, I don't. The flesh. Oh, I can't help myself. Yes, you can. The devil, in the name of Jesus, whose servant I am, leave me alone. I told this one a long time ago. We were at Union Center up north. Uh, the church was growing. It was, it was an amazing experience. So God was at work, and I was, I was there one day in my prayer room that I had next to my office, and I was so depressed, and I was so discouraged, and I was hearing this. You are not accomplishing anything. By the way, this is Satan's tactic on me. My staff know this. You're not getting anywhere. We're not, we're, you're not helping anybody. You would do them all a favor by resigning, getting out of here, blah, blah, blah. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it. I am so in darkness. I can't seem to see any light. And I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And a small, still voice, thank God, the Holy Spirit said, this is not from you or me. And I just stood up in that room, out loud. People might think you're crazy. Too bad. Out loud. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke this lying spirit of condemnation and rejection. Get out of my face. Bam, the lights came on. It was over. I mean, over. Completely. And we continue to see that thing grow to 1,200 people. Have you built up some muscle? I'm going to close this in prayer. Maybe it's time for you to do some business with God. Haven't invited anybody to the altar lately, but I'm inviting you today. Nobody's, nobody's perfect and nobody's condemned for wanting to put a stake in the ground or deal with anything because I'm dealing with things every week. Hello? So I invite you, if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and you want to start building up some muscle, Today would be a good time to begin. Let's stand together. <clears throat> we bless your name today, Lord Jesus Christ, Savior of the world, Lord of the church, head of the church, our advocate, not only our example, but the one who interposed himself on our behalf and tells us, come frankly to me and I will strengthen you. And so, Lord, we come today and for every hungry saint, grant their request that they be strengthened. 
Lord, we commend ourselves to your grace. Thank you, Jesus, that you're not finished with us. I pray that whatever was of use would sink down into the DNA of my brothers and sisters, that they could put it into practice, and that they would see some knockouts for Jesus. Help us in your great name, we pray. And all of God's people said, amen Amen and amen. God bless and have a great day. The altar's open. Be glad to have you.